Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, friends. So glad to see you back. Before I get started, I want to fill you in on something. So my birthday was this week. If you are on the Facebook page, you already know this. I made a gift for you that is available on our website, www.soulfoodtalks.com. It's under freebies, and this is a white light meditation. It's the one that I use before each session, and anytime I'm wanting to raise my vibration, I recommend it anytime you're going into meditation or specifically trying to communicate with someone on the other side to get your energy up. All right, that's on freebies on our website. So let's talk about whose lessons are to be learned and how does this even work when there is some catastrophe and a lot of souls exit the earth en masse. It might be from a terrorist attack like the Twin Towers on 9-11. It could be a natural disaster, right? Tsunamis. Unfortunately, what has become an all too common is people that have lost their minds and there are mass shootings and so forth. So before we tackle the topic, I want to give a shout out to Savannah because this question is compliments of her and I appreciate it. Thank you, friend. I think there may be a few different elements in play in each of these. And I want to say before I even get into my Majanaisms on this, that the overriding umbrella with all of this stuff is we're trying to take universal concepts and just the whole way the universe works and try to put it into some box of understanding for us. And that's very limited. So I do think that there are always elements that we don't understand. And I'll share with you what I think comes to play in this. Let's start out with things that we as humans contribute to and others are victims of, such as terrorist attacks. There's a lot of really cool stories that I just love of people honoring their intuition and even angels or guides stepping in very blatantly and intervening. After 9-11, for example, there were so many stories of people that were supposed to be at work in those Twin Towers that morning, and one thing or another stopped them from being there at that time. They were running late and frustrated in the moment, and then grateful, right? Some of those stories were so amazing and heartwarming at the same time. As I was listening to or reading them, even in real time and shortly thereafter as they were unfolding, I just thought, you know, we are saved so many times by our soul team. They really do stay with us, watch out for us, talk to us, and they can see things we can't see. And they really, really are on our side and intervening when we don't even know it. In these cases, people figured it out after the fact. Can you imagine what an overwhelming sense of gratitude and awe you would have when you realized all the moving pieces that had to happen that morning to save you from being at the place you were supposed to be at the wrong time. I'm not a detail person, and I don't remember exactly which flight they were on, but it was two couples that were going on vacation together, 
one of the wives just like had this meltdown in the airport before getting on that plane saying, I'm not getting on it. He followed her intuition and adamantly refused to get on that flight. Can you imagine? I mean, she's kind of making a scene and it's time to board. And I'm sure her husband's like, oh, my God, would you just come on? Let's just let's just get on. And then the other couple that they've paid for this trip and the other couple is like, come on, you know, we're vacationing. She refused. I don't remember if that was one of the planes that crash landed or if they were going to New York City, like and it would have been around the Twin Towers at that time. What I do remember is one couple went and they never made it back home. The other couple, because the wife was so determined to not go, didn't go and they stayed home safely. We just need to honor that intuition. The frustrating part with this sometimes, and I experience this, I may have this really strong feeling of foreboding and I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's there. And this has happened to me so many times that I've learned to honor it. I'll give you a couple quick examples. One time I was a child. I was 12 years old and I was an exchange student in Japan. Our last night in mass, as all the Americans in the Olympic Center, I just got this feeling that, oh my gosh, especially as a child, I just truly, truly did not like it when I would get this feeling of heaviness, of foreboding. I knew something awful was going to happen. But at that time, I did not understand all of this. I didn't have a resource, anybody to go to, and I couldn't find books. And I didn't understand I could set boundaries and I could ask for help. I would just have these horrible feelings, and I couldn't figure out what it was about. Well, I was halfway around the world. I was afraid it would dealt with some family member that was back in the States. I had no clarity. Well, come to find out... While we were in Japan, one of the ladies or girls at that time that I made very, very good friendship with, well, she went to her host family. I went to mine. We were at a camp in different times, and she literally was hiking on a mountain and fell off a cliff and was unconscious. And they had to rescue her, take her to a hospital. She had a concussion. She survived with just very minor injuries. I was at that same camp that she was at a week later, and they were talking about this. They didn't say a name. They just said it was an American. You know, I thought, what are the chances I would know this person? So when we're reunited and I found out that was her, I knew immediately that was the feeling of foreboding that I had. This was one of the reasons that I kind of blocked this stuff for a long time because I would have so many of those feelings and not get the whole picture, and I didn't know what to do with it. And that's a horrible, horrible thing to happen. Sometimes I would get that feeling and, again, not knowing exactly what it was, I would honor it. One time I was supposed to travel. I think I told shared this on another podcast, and I was able to figure out it had something to do with my car. And I pulled over, but I was kind of going through, okay, is it an engine? Is it oil? Is it tires? And everything seemed to be fine. And I was literally sitting, like in a park, waiting, trying to figure it all out. And then all of a sudden... I felt fine. It's like, okay, seriousness over, foreboding over. I can go about my trip. And I thought, what in the heck just happened here? And I sat with it. Okay, fine, I'm going to go. So I got on the interstate, and a truck coming in the opposite direction came across the median and hit a car head on, and there was a fatality. And I knew as soon as I saw that, without a doubt, 
that would have been me. The timing was perfect. As I was getting there, the rescue, the police and fire trucks were just arriving. I thought, oh my gosh, talk about getting chills. So I was grateful that even though I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, what I was avoiding, I honored that intuition because no doubt that one saved me. So I want to give credit where credit is due because in those cases, the universe no doubt stepped in and saved people. What about those that weren't saved? So what does that mean? You know, this is where I think we might have some gray area and there's a yes and. It's not necessarily an either or. I think that those that did get the message, absolutely, it was not their time to exit. Those people that did exit, did they sign up for that? You know, I think that there's a a real possibility that they did. There was an agreement that something on that scale, like a terrorist attack, sometimes I think those, I don't know. I just, I think when it's on that scale that it may be at least in part predetermined. I think that some of us sign up for that, that we plan to finish our business by then and are willing to take our exit at that time. And then, of course, it's a matter of did we learn our lessons and how about the people that are left? Because that's always the hardest part is the people that are left to pick up the pieces and carry on their lives. And what lessons are they learning in this? It's a tough situation. You know, I don't know all the answers. If it's a terrorist attack or even a shooting, anytime somebody is taken, their life is taken, and it's not their time, that does happen. So it's very possible that some of those people in 9-11 or in shootings, it's just not their time. And we feel like they were robbed, and so were we, the ones that are left. And I think that's a legitimate feeling. In a sense, we are robbed. One of the podcasts I did on birthmarks and reincarnation sort of addressed that. People that were murdered or killed by an accident before it was their time often come back really quickly and often have a birthmark if there was an injury or where the injury site was to show that it's kind of carried over. And they want to do it with their soul pods. We've also talked about souls jumping into a body that isn't theirs but the soul that uses that body is finished with it. They're ready to take their exit. So another soul comes in and finishes out that lifetime. And we've had people, we've talked about that. Some people are like, I just never felt like I belonged in this family, even birthed into the family. So that's a possibility too. Maybe they were cut short and needed to come back and there wasn't an opportunity with their pod, but there was an opportunity with another group. So I don't mean to be ambiguous. I just think there's so many possibilities. And the thing is, no matter what happens for us that are remaining, there are always lessons to be learned. And if you feel that your loved one was robbed of a lifetime, a big lesson we get to practice, an opportunity at that time, of course, is forgiveness. And I think there's often guilt that goes with that. How many times do we hear, if if we haven't experienced, that we were having a disagreement with a loved one, we were both or one of us were irritated, and the other one left on the way to work or wherever they're going, and something happens, accident happens. And that's it. You don't get a chance to go back and apologize and to make amends. And then there's all of that guilt. And there's certainly going to be a opportunity for self-forgiveness in that. Now, for those people that made their transition on the other side, they see the big picture. I truly have not experienced 
anybody on the other side that says, oh, I'm still mad at them. They just aren't because they get it. They understand the whole picture. So that's the advantage that they have. But yet we still have our stuff that we're working through. And there may be some things that we don't have the whole picture and we feel terrible about not being able to have closure with them. You know, that person was mad at me or thinks that I thought, felt, or said something and I didn't mean it that way or the other way. I don't understand why that person thought, felt, or said these things and now you'll never know. You just didn't get that closure. So that is a heart-wrenching situation. One thing that I know for sure, no matter what, is however we leave this lifetime, on the other side, it's all great. It is nothing but love. It is pure, pure love. So when you step out of here, you may have terror when you're here. You know, those people that see something coming that are unfortunately in a natural disaster or in a environment where there's shooting going on. It can be terrifying at that time, but as soon as they leave their body, it's not. It's very, very peaceful. And I'm saying this for those of us that are left here. For any of you that wonder and you have fear and anxiety for a loved one that had that experience, just know that they're fine. The other thing that happens that's very, very common is the soul will actually leave the body before the body experiences that excruciating pain. So they really didn't experience it. And I know it's really, really hard if we're left here because we associate that body with the person, with the soul. And it's very hard to look at a body or not be able to have that closure because the body isn't available and think that, well, they're okay when we see that the body's not. So what I, my gift, what I really want to give to you is without a doubt, 100% knowing that no matter what that body looks like, no no matter whether you got to see the body and have closure or not, that person that you love, the soul, is not suffering, is whole, perfect, healthy, complete, and blissfully happy on the other side and is absolutely still connected and loving you and is very, very excited to see you And it'll be a party when you join them. And in the meantime, they do hang around with you. They are still involved. Yes, they have lessons that they continue to learn over there. And like my mom said, I'm busy. I'm going to school. So sometimes they're not as available as they are at other times. But know that they are still very available. They still love you very much. And they do keep an eye on you and are in your lifetime. So what about a natural disaster? I mean, we've seen so many examples of like a lot of people dying, say, in a tsunami, and they see it coming or a hurricane, and they there's nothing they can do about it. They're isolated. They're trapped. They can't get away in time. I do think that when nature is involved like that, you know, the universe is very, very powerful, and I think it probably is an agreement that for whatever reason, that group of people are ready to exit. Together, they've completed whatever they need to complete, and it may be as a community. You know, I don't know. Look at Atlantis. Goodness, whole culture, whole civilization fulfilled their time frame for however they did that, and and they took their exit. All of the details, I wish I could share with you exactly how it all works, and I just can't. When I look at some of this stuff, especially 
when it's with loved ones and especially with kids, it's so hard and it, it just tears your heart out because of the people that are still here, not because of the people that have crossed over. They've got it made. And I wish I could tell you exactly what the soul plan looked like and, you know, how great would it be if we had a heads up and we sort of knew our time here is coming to an end or our loved ones. Sometimes we do know that if it's a long-term disease, we have time to prepare for it and there are benefits to that. And yet the person that is enduring it has the hard end of that stick. And there are just so many layers to this, right? If your loved one's life was taken by somebody else prematurely, then society steps in and then we're dealing with what are the consequences for that? And what about the death penalty? Is that okay? It's somebody else again taking a life. Is that ever okay? Then we're talking about moral and ethical issues and things just aren't black and white. They're just they're just not. I think most of life actually is shades of gray. <laughs> no reference to a book or movie intended there, but there's so much in between space. Some that we can see and some that we can't see. So what I know is if our life is cut short or even if it's not, we get to come back or we have to come back. Depends on how you how you look at it, right? But we're going to come back. We're going to work on some of that karma. We're going to learn and experience and grow. And a reminder that the ultimate lesson where we're striving every single lifetime and every single lesson, the answer is always love. And it's hard to have to practice that in some of these situations. When we lose a loved one, especially when we aren't sure it was their time to go, to practice forgiveness or compassion or empathy towards self and others. But all of that, again, is growing towards love, which is always the right answer. So as always, I invite you to really step into that and think about it. See what resonates with you. What do you think? And I would love to hear from you. Email me at Majana at Life After Life Radio. Tell me what your thoughts are on this. You know, I'm still on my journey and I'm learning too. So whether we exit in mass or individually, on time, prematurely, sometimes all we can do is speculate and I can share with you what I've conversed with the other side about and we'll continue to explore all of this on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. I love you dearly. Check out our website, www.soulfoodtalks.com. Download those freebies. Thomas has a Saturn Pluto Returns freebie on there too. And until next time, namaste.